So I was looking in the mirror before I was jumping in the shower, completely naked, facing myself in the mirror, looking at the reflection and thinking, God damn, working out is just, it, I look fucking good. And then I turned sideways and it was like looking at a funhouse mirror. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of Amon World. I'm your host, Reverend Campbell. It is October the 17th. It's a Sunday, Satan's Day, and uh, I've got a great show for you this week. I'm feeling very ambient and uh, echoey because I'm in a completely different room. Now that my son moved out, my daughter took his room, and I get my office back, and so I spent the entire weekend repainting, and I painted it this really nice matte crimson red with like high gloss black trim <laughs> but what i didn't anticipate was that there's it's so dark you can't see anything like nothing it's just like i'm in a black space floating which is kind of weird and i don't know if my if it's echoey you know like there's like this i don't know can you guys hear it all right here i got to fix something because if I'm going to be honest with you, there's just, um, let's see, hold on a second. All right. There's some people I can't handle. You get burned by some people enough and you don't want to deal with them anymore in your life. So I'm just putting it out there. No, but I'm exhausted. My, <laughs> I feel like an old man. My back aches. <laughs> my feet hurt. Uh, and on top of that, my wife's um, father has been dealing with a lot of health issues. So it's like stress, you know? Like, I want to make sure that she's there for him if things turn really south. And I want to make sure that, you know, everything here is taken care of and... Dealing with mortality is, in a loved one, you know, it's, it's a lot. So anyway, we're doing, we're, we're doing what we can, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, Daniel, how you doing? Thanks for joining so early. Carl, what's up? Uh, I hope you can catch it in the audio forum. Luciferia, you look like you're losing your mind in these comments. <laughs> I hope you're okay. Valeria, how you doing? Great to see you. Lexi, what is happening? Uh, Jason, what's up? How you doing, Jeff? It's always great to see you. Hey, Ruth. Great to see you. Uh, Lexi just said hi. I'm tired. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. Terry, great to see you. Thanks for joining live. Jason, what is up? All right. All right. Here's the deal. I just got back from a Halloween train ride on Friday, Friday night? Friday night. And... I didn't really want to do it at all. 
It was something that my wife's sister asked us if we wanted to join them. And I wasn't sure who was going to go or what the vibe was going to be. But I thought, well, we're going to be traveling about an hour to get to this train station to do this Halloween train ride. And I don't want to just leave my wife and kids to go by themselves because I don't want to go. That's just that's being a dick. And I don't want to be a dick to my family. I'll be a dick to every one of you, just not my family. <laughs> and so I, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go. What I didn't anticipate was that this was for little kids, like little kids, like toddlers and stuff. And it's a normal sized train, don't get me wrong. But like it was it was all like party songs for Halloween if the rating was G. <laughs> so a lot of chipmunks, witch doctor song. Um, I was waiting for the time warp. Nothing happened. There was like this almost pathetic costume contest for the kids. It was a nightmare, and uh, if I'm being honest, I should have stayed home. It was a total waste of my time, but I went, and what I realized, every time I go out in public with my family, I don't know if this is my fault, or <laughs> I kind of feel like it is. Every time we go out, uh, we are like the Adams family, just like straight, dour, looking at other people like they're weirdos, you know, just like trying to exist and just not knowing quite how to fit into the whole public atmosphere, you know, vibe, really weird. Um, it was, it was a pain in the ass. Try seeing yourself in other people's eyes. This is why I don't like the public. Seeing yourself in the other people's eyes and then seeing them see your family in their eyes, knowing that we're a little bit different, we're a little bit weird, and accepting that because that's who we are, except that I know what they're thinking because I grew up with people like them. And so, you know, they're thinking like just abjectly negative thoughts about, you know, projecting it on my family because of how I look or, you know, whatever, with behavior or whatever. I know I'm being a little bit vague here. I don't know how to be very clear other than saying I know how strange I am and I don't like that to be projected onto the rest of my family simply because we don't fit the Mormon family stereotype that is so prevalent here in Utah. And it makes me not ever want to go out into public. Not that I would want to go out in public anyway and hobnob with these people, but it just makes me not want to even more because I, I, would, I have to deal with their fucking looks. Like just my fucking tattoos is enough for them to fucking look at me and think that guy murders people, <laughs> you know, like that guy is a monster. So clearly his family must also be monsters by extrapolation, by extension. It just pisses me off having to even deal with that type of a thought process. And I can just see it on their eyes like, like I'm reading their eyes. Like there's literal text. Like I'm Neo in the Matrix reading their expression going, you fucking piece of shit. If you had any idea. Ugh. So it just made it worse. Totally worse. What are you going to do? Um... It is. You know what? That's fair, Ruth. That is absolutely fair. But the truth is, I didn't even want to go anyway. And then once we got home, I still, I was like, I should have just stayed home. <laughs> I should have made everyone stay home because it was worthless for little kids. And it was just like a total waste of time. Anyway, if they would have had like, you know, throw in a time warp song or throw in some, some uh, liquor to buy, this would have been a party. But it wasn't. It was just like 
disappointment upon disappointment. Um, I think that might be fair, Ruth. A lot of it is probably in my head. But the truth is, is I don't like the rest of humanity. (laughs) And being around them just ultimately confirms that. And, you know, so whether it's me extrapolating on my own whatever, or whether I'm literally reading them, it, it's all the same, you know? It all comes out in the wash the exact same to me. So what are you going to do? All right. I do look like a floating head. This is freaking me out. I got to get like LED lights up the wall or something to try to bump this up. Anyway, next time you see me on here, I'll have photos up. I'll try to get some sort of lighting and, you know, make it a little bit more inviting. Let me know if you hear an echo because I do and it's kind of bugging me. I'll try to deal with that. Let's do a little uh, devil's advocate. I'm going to throw up an image here because why not? Why not just have a little bit of fun? You know what I mean? They're just goofy, stupid little images anyway. Improve your total environment. Plants edition. So I've been thinking about this for a long time and I want to do one on pets, you know, like animals, and I want to do one on plants and then just sort of extrapolate out to different ideas about how you can improve your total environment. And this is one that the, the more people's Layers I visit, that sounds really weird and ominous. The more layers I visit, <laughs> uh, the more I realize people don't like plants as much as they should. Plants are amazing. They take a little bit of effort to look after, but there's a lot of really good reasons for you to include them in your total environment. And again, if you're a Satanist, you understand that total environments are how we customize our lairs, our homes, our townhouses, whatever you've got. You know, if you're living in your parents' house, it would be your room, ostensibly. But it's an extension of yourself as a Satanist, and it's a way of you really customizing your your living space so that you can feel like you truly are yourself rather than, you know, just living, you know, visiting a motel or something like that. So I'm taking a lot of this from the top seven health benefits of houseplants from Swanson Nursery's website, but they link out to NASA's website, and that'll come clear in here in a second, and there's a lot of uh, really great information there if you are inclined to look for specific types of plants that I'm going to get to uh, here vaguely in just a minute. Um and I, I, I do want to double down on this idea really quick here. <clears throat> we take so much time cultivating artifacts, whether that's furniture or paintings or, you know, different components of a home, you know, a set of dishes. Uh, we take so much time collecting those that we don't always consider, well, maybe if I put in a hanging plant here, a vine plant or a fern, or, you know, maybe I can work on other ways. uh, Because again, plants have aesthetics too, right? Like plants completely vary just like humans do or animals out in the wild. 
they can look wildly alien or they could just look very mundane. But the truth is that most plants actually have a purpose on this planet, which is why they're able to survive through evolution. There's an evolutionary reason why they're still here, and it is incumbent upon us to take advantage of those evolutionary um, enhancements or uh, survival instincts of these plants. And, and we also have to realize that as much as we take and consider our own health and welfare, or if we have pets, their health and welfare, plants are as alive as literally every other animal on this planet. And it's, it's why it's so ironic to me that vegetarians and vegans are so, you know, hard up about killing animals, but they have no problem killing plants when they're just as alive. <laughs> like they're, they're not always moving around and playing fetch with you, but they are literally from the same DNA <laughs> that we are, you know, uh, removed by time, but we share the connection. And so it's, it's this stupid hypocrisy of these self-righteous vegan assholes that just sort of drives me crazy. Uh, that's going off the rails here a little bit. I agree that cats are assholes. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Actually, I, I would love cats if I wasn't allergic to them. But I am, so, you know, it's kind of on them. that <laughs> It's really on me, but I blame them. All right, let's get to this article, and let's talk a little bit about houseplants because there are, again, some really tangible benefits to having them and including them in your lair. Many houseplants absorb toxic substances such as formaldehyde, benzene, or uh, trichlorethylene. <laughs> I think I said that right. Found in man-made materials that are known to off-gas pollutants into the air in your home, school, or office. In addition, a study at Virginia Tech led researchers to conclude that houseplants can reduce indoor dust by up to 20%. In effect, Houseplants are efficient air cleaners. NASA has done extensive studies of the role of houseplants in cleansing the air, hoping to capitalize on these benefits for future space stations. Their studies have shown that certain houseplants are exceptionally good at cleansing the air. And there's actually a link in this uh, when I post the show notes tomorrow, or you can just Google it yourself and find it. But it literally lays out the specific types of plants that NASA would use in the space station in order to clean the air and remove dust and just filter the air for us. But it's much more than just that. NASA recommends having 15 to 18 house plants for a 1800 square foot house. Now, while not all of us have room for quite that many plants, even just a few can be effective. Dr. Virginia Lohr, a professor of horticulture at Washington State University, suggests that filling as little as 2% of the room with plants will make an impact. Again, 2% of a room is not a lot of space. So again, if you are, uh, you know, just spatially, you don't have a lot of extra room in your home or in your, the, the space that you live, think of hanging plants, right? Uh, or other ways, like you, you can have um, a, a planter, like a little pot hanging off the edge of a bookshelf, for example. Um, multiple studies have proven that the indoor plants keep you healthier and happier and offer both psychological and physical health benefits. And they include the following. They improve your mood. Plants also increase oxygen levels in the air by absorbing carbon dioxide and releasing oxygen during photosynthesis. According to a Seattle Times article, it can maximize your benefits by placing plants in your breathing zone, which is within six to eight square feet of where you normally sit or lie. 
A positive effect of this increased oxygenization can be improved, uh, can improve our mood, our energy, and our mental focus. In fact, studies have found that when people were allowed to have indoor plants in their office space, their work performance improved. No wonder so many new tech offices, including indoor spaces, reminiscent of forests and tropical oases. Not only are they beautiful, they also help people feel better and work better. It reduces fatigue. It lowers stress and anxiety. Humans have a strong connection to nature and bring nature into your immediate surroundings makes you calmer, more content, as we've seen, more focused. Outdoor activities like forest bathing and nature walks are shown to improve levels of stress and anxiety, and living with indoor plants can do the same. There are studies going on now that are testing to see whether having plants nearby in a hospital room can actually help patients better manage their, their pain. Just having plants around you will obviously offer psychological benefits, but the act of caring for your plants can also decrease stress and anxiety. So next time you're watering your plants, slow down, take a few deep breaths, and really focus on what you're doing. Admire your plants' leaves and flowers. Touch them. Maybe even talk to them. It'll help both of you and your plants thrive. It improves office performance and focus. It boosts healing and pain tolerance. It minimizes the occurrence of headaches by improving air quality. It's easing dry skin and respiratory ailments due to dry air. Indoor plants improve air quality in other ways as well. Plants release water vapor into the air, which increases humidity, and this can help improve respiratory and skin health by offsetting the drying effects of heating systems. This can be an incredible benefit to those with respiratory issues, headaches, and allergies. So there are a ton of really solid, great reasons for you to include plants in your total environment and include a lot of them. So what my wife does, she's kind of in charge of the plant situation <laughs> inside of our home. And, and here's the other thing that we always have to keep in mind when we're, we're talking about not just plants, but also animals. When you're thinking of adding something to your total environment or to your life, you need to consider the region where you live and maybe take a little bit of climate change <laughs> into consideration as well. Because I, I know in Utah, our climate has changed dramatically to be more like Arizona when I was there in college. And it was not like that my entire youth growing up here. So as climate shifts, consider that your zones are going to shift. Now zones are going to be the temperature and uh, the dryness of the air that some plants and some animals are um, uh, better suited for. What drives me crazy as much as it pains me to say, is um, anyone that has like Burmese mountain dogs in Utah. I grew up with a half Burmese dog and I absolutely loved this dog. It was my first dog ever. I would sleep in the dog house with him because I loved him so much. His name was Loper and he was a, a Burmese mountain mix. Beautiful animals, but they're not suited to a doggone desert where I live. Like Utah is a desert, whether you like it or not. The weather is too extreme in the summers for dogs with massively thick coats of fur. So you have to consider the types of animals um, that really thrive in the environment you're in, regardless of whether you think they're cuter than others. Just don't get that breed. You know, find another one that you're attracted to. And it's the same with plants. Plants thrive in different areas. The reason why I'm growing Cabernet Sauvignon and Gewurztraminer grapes in my backyard 
is because they thrive in this climate, in this temperate zone that I live in, in the region that I live in. And otherwise, I would grow completely different ones because I prefer a, a Zinfandel or maybe even a Malbec over a Cabernet Sauvignon, but red wine is red wine when you break down and uh, you know I'm, I'm going to do what I can. Always consider the ranges because not only is that going to improve your opportunity of allowing the plants to live healthy lives, and yes, plants live lives just like we do. Um, you need to shift your way of thinking a little bit if you think otherwise. Um, just consider that if you don't want to spend an inordinate amount of time and money and resources trying to keep plants alive in a zone that they are not naturally, uh, you know, um, uh, don't naturally grow in, then uh, consider different plants. But ultimately, always consider plants that are going to benefit you, how you live. Uh, so, you know, like I said, my wife was the one who takes care of all the indoor plants. Pretty much, it's like a once a week thing on a Saturday, she goes around and waters the plants, and that's kind of it. Now, you know, that, that minimizes the effort that she actually takes because it, it does, depending on the plant, take more time and attention or less and you have to understand what that plant is going to require as far as water because that and sunlight is what they consume for food. Uh, you know, you always have to take into consider the types of soil and stuff, but it does, it's not that challenging. And it, the improvements that you have in your own life and health because of that extra time and attention you're spending on something else like a plant, it exponentially improves your quality of life and your total environment moving forward for the rest of your life. And then you can just split off, like um, if you accidentally cut off a vine of one of your plants, you can just regrow it. And you, then you have two plants, you can just sort of split them up and as they grow too large for the containers that you're holding them in. There's a lot of really wonderful ways that you can actually improve your life simply by just buying a plant. So next time you're in the grocery store and next time you drive by a florist, maybe stop or you have the home center, stop at the gardening section and just take a look. Now, I, I did mention that um, NASA had called out specific types of plants. Um, so maybe I can pull up some of those to try to show you. Um, just audibly here. I sent an Okay, so the following plants that were screened was like the bamboo palm, the Chinese evergreen, English ivy, the ficus, uh, Gerbera daisy, Janet Craig, the marginata, mass cane or corn cane, mother-in-law's tongue, peace lily, pot mum, uh, warnecki. And there's tons of websites that you can go to to find, again, what are good air filter type plants for your zone that you live in. And they're not expensive. It just takes a little bit of effort, and I highly recommend it. And that's kind of all I wanted to talk about in this um, improving your total environment. Again, next time, maybe we'll do pets, or maybe we'll do, I don't know, furniture, or maybe we'll do um, design plans. Or, you know, you can, um, the whole idea of, of building up a, a home layout that will improve the flow of not only the layout of the room, but how you interact and engage with the room. That's another thing to consider. Your yards, you know, that's another thing to consider. How you customize and cultivate a, a, a more inviting yard space based on the lifestyle that you want to have in that yard. 
would be another topic that we could cover sometimes. So that's kind of it. Um, <laughs> I don't know about astrology signs here. That's kind of weird. Um, let's see. Succulents take very little care. You have several plus mint, elephant ears, and various others. Yeah, my wife has an entire herb garden in the front of our yard. And so when I mow, the peppermint actually bleeds over onto the lawn. And so I make it account because it, it grows so fast and so well there to mow over the peppermint that's hanging over. And you just get this burst of freshness um, right in your face. It's, it's so wonderful. And it doesn't hurt the plant because, again, it grows so well there. But we have, you know, sage and rosemary and parsley and like all sorts of stuff. My wife is going crazy with it, which is wonderful because then I get to <laughs> reap the benefits of it. It's pretty good stuff. All right. Anyway, I highly recommend you guys take into consideration. And uh, that's kind of it for this Dell's Advocate. Let's do a little infernal informant. That's another good topic, Jeff, is being in tune with your environment. Not like some weird hippie holistic way, but that's a real genuine point of discussion. All right, I'm going to throw up another image here. <laughs> this, is, this is ridiculous. Um, Hooters employees are pushing back against new revealing uniforms that include shorts, so short, they're like underwear. And this is from businessinsider.com. Some Hooters employees are speaking out on social media against a new uniform they say is too revealing. Several staffers took to TikTok this week in a series of viral videos about new shorts that are so short, they've been described as like underwear. In the videos, employees are airing their grievances with these skimpy uniforms and comparing their length to their previous shorts, which are considerably longer. Quote, so Hooters got new panties, I mean shorts, wrote a TikTok user. Love my job, don't love wearing undies to work, wrote another. The restaurant chain, which is known for its craveable food and wings, cold beer, sports, and of course, Hooters girls, are the company states on its website, has long faced criticism for its sexualization of women. Critics have called out the chain for outfitting employees in revealing uniforms and requiring certain hair and makeup standards. I want to stop here for just a second. You chose to work there. You knew the reputation Hooters has and the types of clientele that they attract. You knew that going in. You knew you were going to get better tips if you wore skimpier or more revealing clothing. That's just the law of the forbidden in action. So you knew this. Hooters is like a pole away from being a strip joint. And you're complaining that you're wearing too skimpy clothes? There are a lot of other restaurant chains that you could go to if you're feeling like you're being sexualized. And you wouldn't be working at Hooters. It's in the name if you didn't want to be objectified. Just hands down, that's the reality of it. You're bitching about the shortness of your shorts, and yet you work at a place called Hooters. <laughs> what do you think they're going to do? If they could have you parading around naked, they would do that. You would get better tips. Just go work at a strip joint. It's the same damn thing. You are one pole away from working there anyway. 
It's ridiculous. Now, I understand that we over-sexualize women more than men in our culture. And I think, arguably, that's just the way it's always been. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that that's how it's always been. This is the bread and butter of this restaurant chain, is your tits being shown prevalently. Like, that's the whole, it's in, literally in the name, Hooters. I know you think it's about the owl, but it's not. It's about your boobs. <laughs> I don't understand why you could possibly complain, but okay. So shorts are too short. Everyone has their limit. Get another job. We are in an economy right now that is dying for people to come work for them in businesses across every industry. This is a employee's market right now. You can pretty much pick and choose wherever you want to work. You chose Hooters. Okay. Quote, it's an entire job based on sexual harassment. Brittany Anderson, chef and owner of Metzger Bar and Butchery and a former Hooters girl, told GQ in 2018, you are paid to be sexually harassed and objectified. Everyone at Hooters is aware. Founded in 1983 in Clearwater, Florida, the company has been the subject of several lawsuits over the years. In 2019, a Michigan employee sued the company for weight discrimination after she was told her 132-pound frame did not meet the brand's aesthetic requirements. Uh, Hooters pushed back against the suit, telling Reuters it was baseless and that it doesn't enforce weight standards. In 2013, a staffer was awarded $250,000 in a racial discrimination lawsuit after she was told Hooters prohibits African-American Hooters girls from wearing blonde highlights in their hair, according to the lawsuit. The company reportedly maintained it does not have different standards based on race. The company also settled a class action lawsuit for gender-based discrimination in 1997, ultimately setting precedent using a legal loophole to allow Hooters to continue to exclusively employ women. Today, the company has more than 420 locations across 42 states and 29 countries operating at franchises owned and operated by Hooters of America, LLC. Additionally, there are 25 Hooters restaurants that function as part of the original Hooters group, which are owned separately but use similar branding. A representative for Hooters did not immediately respond to Insider's request to comment, though uh, told NBC News that the uniform changes were rolled out to several locations in Texas before expanding to other stores owned by Hooters of America LLC. Restaurant owners by the uh, restaurants owned by the original Hooters group have not introduced the shorter shorts, and employees are still wearing their regular uniform. The original Hooters restaurants, located throughout Tampa Bay, Chicagoland, and Manhattan, will not be changing their iconic uniform of orange shorts and white uniform tops that have made the brand universally famous, the spokesperson told NBC News in an email statement. Furthermore, the spokesperson said the decision to debut the smaller shorts came as part of a collaboration with Hooters Girls in Texas, where the uniforms have received overwhelmingly favorable reviews from both Hooters Girls and customers. Some employees have defended the uniforms on TikTok and shared their enthusiasm for the shorts, including one TikTok user who said she's been making way more money since she started wearing the new uniform. I wonder why. <laughs> um, and another wrote in a caption, am I the only hootie that loves the new shorts? In a follow-up post shared on Friday, TikTok user at sick.abt.it shared that after her initial video went viral, the CEO of Hooters contacted, contacted her directly to tell her that she could continue wearing the old shorts. Quote, couldn't have done it without all of you, hashtag Hooter girl, 
she wrote in the caption. So we have a chain here of barbershops where it's just women. It's like a sports bar, except it's women loosely you know, clad in very tight, skimpy clothing. It's part of the whole shtick of the company. There's another one that did, it's called like bikini cuts, where the ladies literally wear bikinis while they cut your hair. It doesn't mean they're a better hairstylist. It just means that you get a oogle at them in the mirror while they're cutting your shitty mop. And people go there for that reason alone, especially the sexually repressed of Utah. But you can't go work there for that reason that you're going to make tips, you're going to make more money based off of how you dress, and then at the same time complain about that dress. You are an idiot and a hypocrite. It's okay to be one or the other for a short amount of time, but as soon as you recognize the behavior, it is incumbent upon you to change it. Now, you have to honestly question your life choices. First of all, in my opinion, if you're ending up at a strip joint or if you're ending up at a Hooters or at a, a bikini cuts, because you've made some choices that are meant to diminish your own body and appeal, just your, your physical appeal to other people in order to hope that they give you a buck or two more? How do you have no self-worth? I just, uh, I work in uh, abundance of shit jobs isn't the same as the abundance of jobs. You're absolutely right with that, Ruth. You're absolutely right. Um, I do have to say, though, again, these are employees who have lived with the old dress for a long time, and they're just now complaining about the shorter dress. I get changing standards from what you expected when you got hired, then you do have grounds to complain. You're like, whoa, 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 this is getting way short. If, if suddenly you had to start wearing crop tops or, or maybe just a bikini top, and you didn't um, apply with that in mind, yeah, I could see getting a little bit bugged, but why don't you just leave? Like, what, why do you stay there then, you know? And I suspect it's because you're making tips and you're making a lot of money. Otherwise, why would anyone work at that job? And again, that is a little bit reductive because I understand regionally, depending on where you live, it is harder to get jobs than other places. There's just not as many businesses that are open anymore after COVID. Uh, the pandemic uh, hit initially last year. And then, you know, there's just not a lot of opportunity for uh, certain types of people in certain types of areas. That's just the reality of it. However, in most places across this strange country of ours, <laughs> you should be able to find an equivalent job to Hooters if suddenly you decided the shorts were too short. You don't have to dress in a way that you're not comfortable dressing. And the fact that you're taking it to social media to complain about it while still staying and working there only shows that you don't really care. You're not really upset about it. Certainly not upset enough to leave and find a new place of employment. You just want to be the victim in a situation. You want to get the attache, the, 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 the flamboyant excitement of being the one to call out the short shorts. Get the fuck out of here. I'm so sick and tired of social media with its victimhood mentality. I see, and it, wouldn't, it wouldn't even bother me if it was just the herd. But 
Like I see Satanists who, again, I'm not in social media anymore, but when I was there, this is the, the, the experience that I was seeing. People complaining that they don't have homes. You don't think that you had a factor in that? Isn't that what lesser magic is all about? Being able to manipulate the rest of the people on this planet so that you can find yourself in a position ahead of others? If you find yourself homeless, you have clearly done a number of significant things wrong in your life. You didn't plan. You didn't budget. You didn't care about the work that you're doing, or you didn't care about work at all. You bought a house that you couldn't afford. There were decisions along the way that if you were just stopped and considered, you put yourself in too much debt, or you rented from somewhere, but you didn't have any savings to back it up in case you got kicked out of that rental property. There are things that you could do in order to prevent travesties affecting your life. But instead, you'd rather be on social media, pimping out your poor me victim mentality, trying to get other people to pay you because you're a pathetic loser. Yeah, that exists. And it's pathetic. It's disgusting. And I can't imagine why any Satanist would put up with it from anyone, let alone another Satanist. It's disgusting. And that is why it's so pathetic. Like, it's okay if we're separated from the herd and we see them doing it. We're like, yeah, but they're just ants. Ants are going to do ants. That's what ants do. They're, they're just, they don't think. They just act. We're supposed to be better. Right? Like, that's the, that's the whole point of lesser magic. And I know tragedy strikes and you can't prepare for every tragedy. And sometimes it takes you a while to get back on your feet. That's why I'm a personal proponent of social programs to help people that are literally knocked on their ass for a while. When I got out of the military and I wasn't working, going to college, we had to rely on WIC and um, uh, other home programs to help offset the cost that I simply did not have the money coming in. And then I got off of it and I went about my life afterward. The social programs are important to be there for people who like fall on their ass. If you can't work somewhere anymore because you just cannot stand being objectified, well then there are programs out there to help you. Take advantage of them. But don't stay at the place, complain about it, and expect anything to genuinely change unless you're the owner of said place. It just, it drives me crazy. All right, that being said, it requires effort, something that you've seen many Satanists or those who say they are, want to whine and complain, but refuse to take responsibility. They want others to take care of them. Yeah, no, I've seen that a lot too. Anecdotally, again, I can count and it doesn't even take all my fingers, but still it is there and it drives me nuts. You disagree that working off of your appearance necessarily demeans you if you do it consciously and enjoy it. Nothing wrong with it. No, I agree. And I don't want to shame people. Um, but these ladies are clearly complaining about it, and yet they continue to work there. So that's the problem. It's not the work. It's the people who go to the work and then bitch about it. If you don't like it, don't work there. It, it just drives me crazy. And again, we live in an a, a, a economy that's digital at this point. You know, if you want, just start an OnlyFans or, or go to some billionth cam sites and just do what you're comfortable with. 
because you got hired there because you wanted tips in order to show a little bit of skin and a little bit of TNA, or else you would have gone somewhere else. So that's clearly in your wheelhouse. So just go somewhere else and do the same thing. Or maybe just do it yourself and be your own boss and have your own rules. You don't have to work for other people. You can start your own job, start your own business. That's a thing that used to be normal in this country. Something to consider. Okay. Um, I'm at 40 minutes. Let's stop it there. Uh, we'll do a little uh, creature feature and we'll close this thing out. I want to start this by saying, I don't read these comics. When I was a kid, I had a Superman coloring book, and I watched the Superman films when they come out. I'm not invested in this. <laughs> so this commentary is just, I had nothing else to do. <laughs> I had nothing else to talk about, and I actually really, I like the idea of Superman because he's sort of the, the mythical ubermensch um, that I connect with in Satanism. But that's, that's really the reason why I brought this out. So <laughs> I don't really care about this. And I'll go into it a little bit more on you, um, as, as we're getting into it. Super, you know what I, I feel like, because I can see an image of myself as I'm do, uh, uh, sending, streaming this over to YouTube. I feel like the head at the beginning of House on Haunted Hill talking, like setting up the show. You know the old black and white with Vincent Price? It was, just, it was like a floating head and he was just sort of setting up the whole scene. That's how I feel right now. Or I just finished watching um, Young Frankenstein for the upteen billionth time with my wife and Igor <laughs> as he's like sitting on the head of, uh, you know, nearly dead or, or just recently dead or whatever it said. That's kind of what I feel like. I ain't got nobody and nobody cares. All right. Superman's motto gets a modern update. Truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. And this is from CNN. Why is CNN covering a comic book? You're about to find out. And all of you who are just poised to get upset, I want you to prime your engines because I'm about to blow them up. Um, Truth, justice, and a better tomorrow will be Superman's new motto, a change that was announced Saturday by DC Chief Creative Offices and publisher Jim Lee during DC's Fandom. CNN and DC Comics are both part of Warner Media. To better reflect the storylines that we're telling across DC and to honor Superman's incredible legacy of over 80 years of building a better world, Superman's motto is evolving, Lee said. Superman has long been a symbol of hope who inspires people, and that it's that optimism and hope that powers him forward with his new mission statement. This isn't the first time recent comics have edited the American Way part of the motto. In the first edition of Superman, Son of Kal-El, which features the son of Lois Lane and Clark Kent, John as the new Superman and was published in July, John states that he stands for truth, justice, and a better world. Saturday's announcement establishes a more canonical change for the classic motto linked to Clark Kent's Superman. 
Even though fans may associate the American Way catchphrase with comics, the phrase actually goes back to Superman's transition to radio in the 1940s and TV in the 1950s. As Eric Lundgaard wrote in the New York Times, when the radio show made its debut during World War II, quote, we were all fighting for the American way. Why shouldn't Superman? But in the decades since, filmmakers have toyed with the phrase's usage. In 20, uh, 2006 movie, Superman Returns, Daily Planet editor Perry White asks about Superman back after a long absence. Quote, does he still stand for truth, justice, and all that stuff? More recently, in 2013, movie Man of Steel portrayed Superman as having a tense relationship with the U.S. government, which approaches the notion of an alien visitor with extraordinary powers warily, asking how one can be certain he won't act against the country's interests. Quote, I grew up in Kansas, General, Superman, played by Henry Cavill, says. I'm about as American as it gets. The new motto isn't the only change the Superman universe has seen in the last week. On Tuesday, it was announced that John Kent is bisexual. In the first, uh, fifth issue of the DC Comics series, Superman, Son of Kal-El, John Kent will confirm his sexuality after falling for Jay Nakamura, a male reporter, DC announced. So, if Superman is now bisexual and it's no longer truth, justice, in the American way, and it's now just truth, truth justice, and a better tomorrow, okay, who cares? Anyone who is upset by that, you still have all of the old comic books that you can nerd out and collect over. Like, you still have all the old films that you can just enjoy. There's something about our society that seems to complain about inclusion when it comes to the broadening accepted demographic of human beings, right? Like, Superman is not an American institution. DC is a corporation who is trying to branch out across the globe. You know, they did a whole Son of um, uh, Red, what was it, Son of Red Earth or something like that, where it was like Russia's Superman. Um, there's a British Captain uh, or Captain Britain, you know, the British version of a Captain America. So it, it's not unheard of to want to sell more of a product in order to uh, change it a little bit so that you can then appeal to a broader demographic. And especially when you have something like Superman that has an established history that people can still continue to enjoy. It's like with every Batman movie. All these nerds get up in arm, uh, arms about uh, Batman's changed or it's not the Batman I love. Or, you still have all the old films. You still have all the old comics. You probably have still all your own figurines. So what are you complaining about? Just don't buy these or don't watch these. You know, bringing a little bit home with my own nerdy uh, sensibilities, I did not like the new Star Wars films, so I just don't watch them. <laughs> I just ignore them. And that's all you have to do if you don't like this. But there are people that are up in arms. There's a big culture change happening in the world right now where they're marginalizing uh, middle-class white men. I feel like we've done it to ourselves. You can't shit on everyone your entire uh, species timeline and expect not to be marginalized at some point. <laughs> like, at some point, things will change. You know, whether it's your culture, whether it's your society, even your own religions change. Satanism hasn't changed, but, but like, you know, I grew up as a, a, in a Mormon household, and the Mormon religion didn't 
have uh, black people in it. They were very racist until that became a problem in the 70s. And then they said, well, okay, we will allow black people. And then they didn't allow any gay people because that's against God's plan until it became a cultural thing across the United States. And they're like, well, you can be gay, but you just can't be in the priesthood. <laughs> and eventually that will change too because everything changes unless, of course, it's Satanism, which is just based on human experience. And we have always known that there are trans and homosexual and bisexual and asexual. And, you know, if it's you, just be you. We don't care. We're not the bigots here. And so it always drives me crazy when all of these nerds get up in arms about this stuff, when they still have everything that's already, already existed, you know? Like, either accept that the world evolves or stick your head in the sand. But either way, you're only living in a fantasy world that you believe. Did you hear that? That sounded like something broke. Um, that you believe existed, not the world that actually existed. Because I hate to break it to everyone here. There have been trans, bi, homosexual, asexual people, non-gender identifying people, for all of mankind, we see it in the animal world, not, not the trans thing because we can't see them, you know, we wouldn't understand it if we did see it, I suppose. But we certainly see homosexual uh, behavior in the animal world. So my point is that it, this is the normal part of life. We're just now as a culture reacting to the normal part of life and saying, oh, you know, as much as I love seeing a strong white male um, saving women and, you know, being the hero in whatever world, other people would like to have that sense experience as well. So give it to them. If it means you're going to make a buck off of it and it literally doesn't harm anyone in the process, who cares? If you don't like it, don't look at it. <laughs> But of course, every fucking conservative and uh, freak Republican is all up in arms about Superman's changing. People who have never watched a Superman movie or maybe just did when they were kids, never bought a Superman comic. They're all up in arms about this because they're so afraid about American cultures changing. The libs, the progressives are changing us. This has always been here. This has always been it. We're just letting other people have a, a, a hero that's a little bit like them. You still have your heroes. <laughs> I mean, shit. Uh, people are so stupid. The doctor has some great essays about this very thing. Society changing, not keeping up with the times, etc. in the Devil's Notebook and Satan Speaks. Yeah, and that's actually a good point. Um, I should probably tack that on uh, at the end of this when I say, you know, if you want to learn more about Satanism, read the Standard Bible and Satanic Scriptures. There's a lot of um, just standalone collections that are really great um, by not only Herr Doctor, but also other Satanists as well. And you would do yourself a favor by hearing perspectives from other Satanists. Because let me tell you something. As much as I always say, I don't care if anyone agrees with me and I don't expect anyone to agree with anything I say. There are a lot of other Satanists sharing their thoughts publicly in the written or video form that you may connect with more, but and you may disagree with abjectly. But the important part of that is understanding the scope of perspectives in this thing of ours. And that's the strength of Satanism, is the 
various perspectives that this one religion can have people expressing. And having that diversity is important, even if you're a Satanist saying that there shouldn't be diversity. Because your perspective, though I don't agree with it, I'm glad it exists so that others can look at it and judge it on its own merits or not. You know, the, the truth is that because this religion is, is able to have so many different types of individuals within it, a lot of people start associating it with one person or another person or an idea, a uh, political standing or something. And that's not Satanism at all. Satanism is a foundation. It's the individual on whether they take it somewhere else or not. And when they do, that's not Satanism. That's the individual. And understanding that difference, and that did not begin and end nowadays, that was from the beginning. The doctor had beliefs and ideas that were not core to what Satanism is as a religion. They were just his expressions of them. And we see that with our modern high priest and high priestess. We see it with um, uh, different individuals in the hierarchy of the Church of Satan and just individual Satanists who maybe don't want to join an organization but just want to celebrate this wonderful religion. It doesn't associate with a specific ideology other than the foundation of the religion itself. And understanding that is really, really important because it also then gives you a little bit of perspective so that you can then extrapolate that off to the rest of your life, to the greater world at large. Again, ultimately, it all comes back to lesser magic. So that being said, that's kind of all I had to say. Um, I threw this episode together uh, really quick, if I'm being honest. I just, I don't, I'm, I'm exhausted. And I didn't really want to do a whole bunch of homework to do a show. Sorry about that. I hope it was okay. I appreciate your guys' time and attention. Again, I am going to be fixing up this space a little bit more. So this is just the beginning of a, a new visual uh, presentation of the show. Not dramatically so, but just, you know, trying to, trying to stretch my legs in this new office space and, and see what I can do with it. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I really genuinely appreciate your time and attention. And um, hey, if, if I did not want to see your comments in chat, that's okay too. <laughs> you don't have to watch this. You can just do whatever you want with your life and be as productive and wonderful as you want to be. Or as shitty. Totally up to you. <laughs> totally up to you. Um, if you want to learn more about Satanism or the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com or read the Standard Bible and Standard Scriptures. Again, Devil's Notebook, Satan Speaks, great collections of Satanic wit and wisdom. You should highly uh, seek them out and read them over and over again. You will never be disappointed. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. And until next week, hell Satan. <laughs>